Hi, this is Ricardo Rendon. I'm a urologic oncologist in Halifax. Uh, here we're discussing uh, the recent presentations in prostate cancer at the ASCO 2021. Uh, now we have Dr. Michael Ong, a medical oncologist at the Ottawa Hospital Cancer Center. Uh, Michael, there were a couple of presentations from the PEACE collaboration, uh, PEACE 1 and PEACE 3. So PEACE 1, we were really awaiting the results. As uh, everyone knows, uh, uh, PEACE 1 is a phase 3 trial with a 2 by 2 factorial design of abiraterone, uh, acetate plus prednisone, and or local radiotherapy in men with the novel metastatic gastrointestinal prostate cancer. Uh, so this is the first results we're seeing on PACE 1. Can you walk us through uh, the results, please? Yeah, so uh, the PACE Consortium is a, a European uh, group of uh, uh, academic hospitals that are, um, uh, and, and PACE 1 was essentially a trial of de novo metastatic castration-sensitive prostate cancer, uh, ECOG 0 to 2, and uh, patients uh, had to have started ADT within three months of uh, starting this, this trial. So as you've mentioned, the uh, groups that they were randomized to were either standard of care, which was the, uh, the, the uh, androgen deprivation therapy, or uh, standard of care with um, abiraterone. Um, and, uh, and of course, there's also uh, this two by two factorial design. In the uh, study, there was radiotherapy, uh, with or without radiotherapy. Now in this study, they were focusing only on the analysis of the uh, systemic therapy. Um, this is the first report. Uh, and what's, uh, what they noted is that over time, uh, the standard of care course has changed. So docetaxel as a result of charted and stampede was introduced um, around 2015 into the trial. Um, and made a mandatory part of the trial uh, by 2017 as part of standard of care. The primary endpoints of this study were uh, RPFS and OS, uh, and um, they accrued uh, 1,172 patients. Uh, about 57% uh, of the patients had high burden disease, 11% had visceral metastases, a majority had Gleason 8 to 10 disease, and um, ultimately, 60% uh, of the patients got docetaxel in, in this study, okay? So, um, so what they reported as the main results of, of this study um, is that, first of all, there, there was a highly significant uh, improvement in RPFS, radiographic progression-free survival, uh, for the addition of abiraterone to standard of care, okay? So that, that standard care could have been just ADT alone or it could have been ADT and docetaxel. Um, and uh, now uh, the median improvement in, in RPFS uh, was uh, um, from 2.2 years to 4.5 years in, in the overall group. But what's interesting in this study is that what we were uh, highly anticipating was the docetaxel treated population, right? So there's a 710 patients in this docetaxel with ADT group, and then um, they were randomized to either getting, uh, a, you know, just um, to abiraterone or no, no abiraterone. And still in that group of docetaxel uh, patients, the RPFS was increased from 2.2 to 4.5. So that's an over two year improvement um, in the RPFS. 
uh, has a ratio of 0.5. So the so there's delay in CRPC, uh, time to CRPC, uh, and delay in clinical progression about the same magnitude two years, and safety seemed reasonable. Michael, just a quick question. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on how they measure progression-free survival? So, um, well, it was clinical versus radiographic progression-free uh, survival. That will be, you know, set time points where the patient is mm -hmm. imaged and um, where, you know, that is um, reviewed and determined if there's resist progression essentially on those uh, those scans. So it's, uh, you know, it, uh, it is a weaker surrogate a potential surrogate of overall survival, but it is not, uh, you know, equivalent to having an overall survival benefit. So other, other trials such as Enzymet uh, have shown that there are a radiographic uh, uh, progression-free survival um, uh, in this same sort of setting where patients have been exposed to uh, triplet therapy, uh, you know, docetaxel, uh, enzalutamide, and ADT. Um, and yet there was not a survival, um, a, you know, advantage, at least at the first, uh, you know, look at the data, um, even though a lot of events have yet to happen. So that's the same as this trial here, where, you know, we're seeing a lot of earlier endpoints uh, improved, like CRPC and radiographic progression-free survival, but really our standard to make a, um, a, a change in practice you know, am I going to offer a patient that comes to my practice here um, uh, docetaxel therapy with abiraterone for MCSBC? Uh, the, the benchmark of overall survival advantage is not yet reported. Doesn't mean it's not met, doesn't mean that in the future we might not uh, be incorporating this into our practice. Uh, for me personally, um, I think that there are patients out there that could benefit from earlier introduction of docetaxel um, in addition to an AR-targeted agent, but the um, ideal uh, patient to include that for is, is not perfectly defined. And an example is, you know, the patient that comes in with uh, a significant burden of liver metastases uh, up front. Um, you know, if that person fails their, you know, intensification or ADT, they may not be in a position to be fit for, for further treatment. You know, is that, is, is that a situation where we should be treating them earlier? Um, so, but I think that this, um, uh, I think there was some very interesting discussion, um, uh, you know, when the panel was there, uh, some panelists uh, actually being for uh, triplet therapy, some uh, panelists uh, not for it. So I think this is just bring forth the discussion of, of what's the role. There is going to be a lot more data uh, coming up uh, from other trials like Aerosense, from more mature data from uh, Enzymet, uh, etc. Uh, that are going to help to answer this question of, of the timing of chemotherapy um, in, in CSPC setting if, if we're going to do it. So if I understand well, this is uh, uh, shows uh, that uh, patients are doing well in combination, but the uh, question as to whether they should be receiving triplet therapy is not fully answered, correct? Yes, that's right. I think um, we, uh, the, the standard, you know, as it's evolved over time, I think for MCSPC, 
majority of patients are getting some type of AR, uh, novel AR targeted therapy, be it abiraterone, apalutamide, enzalutamide, uh, you know, darlutamide, the, the, these, these kinds of agents. And so is it uh, a standard to add in docetaxel to that mix? And, um, you know, we would be considering docetaxel for high, you know, high volume uh, patients, high burden of disease, like high burden of bone metastases or visceral metastases. Are we adding that in? Well, uh, at this time, I think it's probably the answer is no, or it's controversial too, but perhaps there's a role for selective patients. And I think there's a role for further clinical trials, if possible, in, the, in this setting. Thank you, Michael. And uh, just very briefly, uh, as you know, there was a lot of noise when the ERA, ERA uh, uh, 223 uh, trial was presented, where uh, we observed a lot more side effects in the combination of abiraterum and radion 223, um, to the point of uh, recommending uh, stopping the trial. Uh, so the PISA-3 trial was uh, just presented. Can you just uh, let us know what was discussed? Yeah, absolutely. So um, ERA-223 was a, you know, when it was reported, was a surprise for us. Suddenly there were a lot of uh, skeletal events, a lot of fractures happening um, on the combination of abiraterone uh, with radium-223. So concurrently, PIECE-3 uh, was um, enrolling uh, patients, and th this trial looked at um, enzalutamide um, with or without radium-223. Uh, and so uh, about, you know, 136 patients in, because of the results of ERA-223, um, a safety letter was issued uh, during the course of this trial, uh, uh, basically mandating that patients be offered a bone-targeted uh, agent like uh, zolendronate or uh, denosumab. Um, uh, so what this uh, report from uh, piece three was about was the, the safety analysis um, uh, of fractures on piece three before and after uh, this safety letter. Um, and it highlights some important points. So one is that before the sa uh, safety letter, only about 45%, sorry, about 45% of patients did not have any bone uh, targeted agent uh, versus after the safety letter, uh, two and a half percentage uh, didn't have it. And they showed a, a, a fairly dramatic um, uh, decrease in the fracture rate um, combined uh, like with patients that are getting uh, uh, a bone targeted agent, whether or not they're on the enzalutamide um, uh, alone arm or an enzalutamide with radium-223 uh, arm as compared to without a bone targeted agent. So to give you a sense of the numbers, I think I, I have it here. Um, if you have uh, enzalutamide alone, uh, the fracture rate at, at one year is about 15.6% uh, uh, of patients versus if you had enzalutamide with the bone target agent, it's 2.6%. Uh, if you had enzalutamide and radium-223 without a bone agent, it was 37% versus enzalutamide, radium, and a bone agent, it was 2.7%. So it's, I mean, the there are some methodological issues with um, this analysis, but overall, 
um, I think it really uh, uh, highlights the importance of bone health uh, in MCRPC patients, whether you're just on enzalutamide alone or just on any AR-targeted agent, that's very important to pay attention. Or, I mean, of course, we don't know the final results of this, of this trial, uh, but it, you know, uh, clearly uh, an AR-targeted agent like enzalutamide with radium has a very negative bone um, uh, implication. And again, bone targeted agents are important. So that's the bottom line. Okay, thank you, Michael. So I think it's very clear in the community now that uh, bone targeted agents are being underutilized and uh, uh, we have to really uh, use them a lot more often than we currently are as a group. So thank you very much for your attention. Thank you, Michael. Okay, have a good night. Bye.